Welcome to the Hand Down Man Down Podcast. What's going on everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Man Hand Down Man Down Podcast. This is Danny Thompson signing back in for you guys. You know, once again, going at a solo this week. Shout out to Big Tim. He's taking care of some other things right now, but he'll be back with us next week. Uh, in the meantime, between time, this has been a long week in the NBA since the free agent period got started. And I got to tell you, the one move that sent shockwaves of, <laughs> around, the, around the sports world, like it did a couple years ago in 2010, was LeBron James leaving the Cleveland Cavaliers and going to the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, it was an agreed. It was an agreement of four years, 153.3 million dollars, and that begs the question: Is what is LA looking to do now that they've signed LeBron? I mean, so far so good. Their their moves that they've made have, you know, somewhat made it seem like they're trying to build a winning franchise. You know, around LeBron right now, they brought in Lance Stevenson, you know, Rajon Rondo, and JaVale McGee on one-year deals. But that begs the question, what is the ultimate plan for the Los Angeles Lakers? Magic Johnson said he, he he's had a two-year plan right now to try to build this this team back up their relevancy once again. And it's already off to a flying start, if you will. Bringing in LeBron James to start things off was was the first domino to get things going. And now that he's, he's trying to put everything together, I don't know if they're trying to put a package together where they involve getting Kawhi Leonard from the San Antonio Spurs. Now there's talks that they're trying to get Damian Lillard from Portland. You know, whatever Magic has up his, up his sleeve, I'm pretty sure it's going to be something that's going to be, you know, very positive and very influential for, for the Los Angeles Lakers going into this upcoming season. Because even with the signing of LeBron, that already bumped up bumped their championship odds up in Vegas. So that... That proves to you that he has a that that LeBron has a big impact on where players go and how teams operate in this league. But the thing that's kind of gotten to me a little bit, and it's something that I was able to put it on the, the latest blog. And speaking of which, we now have a blog site up. Uh, we'll, we'll put that website up on the, on the Twitter page as soon as we can. But it was it was the fact that now people are saying that LeBron is the best player to put on a Laker uniform and you know this is just my opinion I think the definition of that might be different from everybody else's but to me he is not the best player to put on that uniform yet because he hasn't really played in it yet Um, but even then he hasn't really done much in a Laker uniform to even be considered that mark yet I mean yes he is a three-time champion three-time finals MVP, three t- uh, four-time regular season MVP. So he's done enough work to where he has that accolade of being considered one of the best players of all time. But I can't call him the best player to put on a Laker uniform just yet. There have been too many players before him who've put their uniform on, who's been with that franchise longer, and has done more to bring more relevancy to that team than he has in – he's only been on the team for a week – you know, for like, for starters, I mean, just look at what Magic and Kareem did those years they had together during the late 70s and the 80s. I mean, Kareem was with the Lakers for 14 seasons, and Magic came along. They both got five championships. You know, each got some MVPs, and some got and got some finals MVPs. So you got to look at it 
definitely in that aspect. And then you got to look at what Kobe and Shaq did for the Lakers in the years they were there. I mean, Kobe, like Magic, was there for his and was with L.A. for his entire career. And Shaq was with L.A. for eight seasons. And together, they both have three championships together. So he, LeBron still has to do some work, still has some work to be done. Um, but that's that's gonna come with time. It's it's just the start of his new his the next chapter in his NBA career, and the fact that he's getting started with it in LA says a lot because that means he's as much as he wants to win, winning is not the ultimate priority for him at this point, from what it looks like. Because if it was, he would not have gone to LA. He would have gone to say somewhere like Houston or San Antonio. He wasn't gonna go back to Boston because I don't think he was gonna play with Kyrie again. Um, or he was either going to go to Philly, so it's clear to me that winning is still a priority, but it's not the old, it's not the number one priority for him at this point. But he's come to this point in his career, his career where he can make a decision, and as long as this decision is beneficial for him and the franchise, he's okay with it. But that was that was just the the first domino effect that fell once free agency period got started. Because even with all that, I mean. You look at the Golden State Warriors, they came in immediately, like right after the next day. They went and signed DeMarcus Cousins to a one-year deal for $5.3 million. And it sent just not as big as LeBron's deal, but it sent the, the sports world into an uproar because you're all wondering how are teams letting Golden State do this. But before we even get into all that, let's just talk about the fact that there were reports that no team – was offering DeMarcus Cousins a deal right now, and that makes absolutely positively no sense. This is a guy who last season, before his Achilles injury, he was averaging 21 points, uh, two assists, and 11 rebounds a game. He's only 28. He's still in the prime of his career, and the fact that no team was able to send him an, an offer, not even New Orleans Pelicans, says a lot because it seems like they're still afraid of that Achilles injury, but let's look at it from this way, from... DeMarcus Cousins' perspective, and this is just my opinion on this. You know, he's seen right now as a one-year rental. He's going to come back. He says he's going to come back before the start of training camp. That means before the start of the season. But the usual timetable for a torn Achilles is usually around the time. So it'll be around February when they say he'll be coming back into the season. But even then, it'll give him, it'll give him a chance to, to build himself up, prove that he's still a max player, and the fact that he can finally, once free agency starts for next season, because that's when the real fish will start coming in for free agency for the free agency period, um, he'll still be able to get that big money deal. And, and DeMarcus Cousins has the talent to get the big money deal, to get the max contract. But it's just a matter of proving it once again to, to teams that he's still worth it, even though he was coming off of his Achilles injury. Even with all that, the fact that the Golden State Warriors sent him an offer and he accepted it, and everybody's thinking, you know, Golden State went and, you know, pursued DeMarcus Cousins. DeMarcus Cousins called them. He called the ownership and told them he wants to come to Golden State, and that's exactly what happened. They 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 took his they took his offer, and he signed a one year deal, and he's going to be with, with Golden State next year. So that usually means that's this is what's never been done for. It's never been seen before. You've seen the max of maybe three All Stars, maybe four All Stars with with Golden State lately. But now you have the potential of having five All-Stars in one starting lineup. That is unheard of. You're already running down the list of what they already have right now, and then you bring in a guy like DeMarcus Cousins, 
who can do everything that Zaza Pachulia and JaVale McGee can do and do it a, a whole lot better than what those two players were able to offer. I mean, when you think about it, that's the one thing we've all said that the Golden State Warriors was lacking was a was a true center in, in the paint who could do more than just, oh, he's just going to be a catch and lob guy or he's going to, you know, do the dirty work. DeMarcus Cousins can do all that and then some. I mean, he's he can average a triple-double. He's always going to be a 20-point scorer every season. He's always going to get you double-digit rebounds every season. But now he brings to the table for Golden State that and the fact that his his toughness and his his tenacity on the basketball court is really going to be beneficial for Golden State next year. But we'll definitely see what that does because we still don't know what he's going to be like coming off this Achilles injury. Um, this is no, this is no light, this is no injury to take lightly, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Because if you talk to most players who's had that injury in the past, they'll tell you it's it's painful and it's a grind to come back from. So, but with this day and age, the way health and technology are taking care of things, taking care of most players, the way most programs are set up for rehab. I mean, he's he's looking to come back and bounce back and have a big year this year. But, again, those two were just the tip of the free agency iceberg that took place once the free agency period opened up. I mean, the minute everything opened up is when different players and different teams started looking out and they started agreeing to deals immediately. I mean, you look at the first couple of deals that happened, Melo opted into his deal, but we'll get into him a little bit later. Kevin Durant opt, uh, signed a new two-year deal. Dwayne Wade, he's looking to stay in Miami. Dirk is looking to sign and stay with Dallas for the rest of his season, for the rest of his career. Uh, Rudy Gay, he returned to San Antonio. Um, Tyreek Evans, he's going to Indiana. Chris Paul, he signed a max deal to stay in Oklahoma, to stay in Houston. But then the other big thing is the fact that Paul George, he signed a nice max con- He agreed to a nice max contract to stay in Oklahoma City. Now, with Paul George staying in Oklahoma City, that really says a lot about where his mindset is and what's going to happen when it comes to what's going to happen in OKC. Because you think about it this way, with him agreeing to his deal, you know, that kind of, you know, put a stranglehold on what Oklahoma City was going to do this this summer. And, you know, they were able to bring back Jeremy Grant, you know, with them opting into Carmelo Anthony. But the thing about it is now, if you've read the reports today, the, today being Friday, Carmelo Anthony is looking to they're they're going to part ways with uh, from Oklahoma City, and the fact that that's going to be that's going to be beneficial for that team because that saves them almost a hundred million dollars in in money that they can use to bring in more talent for next year, for this year, whatever they want to do. It's it's going to be important for them to really figure this out because. Melo, like he said, he said in the past, he said it this last season, he does not want to come off the bench for any team. So right now, his if it happens, if the reports indeed are true, then he's going to want to go to a team that's going to be a contender or a building contender. So that could possibly see him go to Los Angeles or could possibly see him go to Houston. So either way, Melo was going to be a, a huge, huge, huge target for most teams going into this this summer once that once they decide to part ways from the current deal that they have right now. And we'll definitely keep a lookout on that thing because Melo is still a contributing player in this in this league. Now let's not forget, yes, he's in his fifteenth, he's going into his sixteenth year, 
You know, he might not be the same mellow that we remember from years ago, but he's still he's still a viable as, asset to to most franchises nowadays. I mean, he come he come off a season where he was averaging twenty four points, six rebounds, and three assists for somebody who was thirty four. Now, we say I like to say this that can be definitely beneficial to a to a young team like Los Angeles, and that can definitely be beneficial for a team that's looking to add another piece, like say say Houston, for instance, with all the teams they lost, because they also lost Trevor Reza to free agency to to Phoenix. So Melo is going to be an intriguing piece to look out for once everything gets settled when they decide to figure out what they're going to do with his deal or not. Because even with that, there are very few teams who are suitors for Carmelo Anthony at this point. We already mentioned how we think it's going to come down to Houston or L.A., but we also got to look at it from the perspective of, say, teams like uh, – like Philadelphia, uh, possibly Miami, you know there there are going to be some suitors for Melo once this once this split happens. But we don't know what's going to happen because you know it's just right now it's just a report, it's just speculation. So we'll just have to wait and see, you know what happens in that situation. But you know we move on because you got to think about it this way. We talked about LeBron leaving Cleveland, going to L.A., and now there's talks that you know. There, that you know, Cleveland's looking to blow up whatever's left, <laughs> whatever's left of the Cleveland Cavaliers after LeBron left left to go to Los Angeles. And the big thing is they're look they're starting to look at options to trade for Kevin Love. Now Kevin Love could be seen could be a fit for a number of teams. Uh, to me, it seems like he could be a good fit in a spot like Portland, or say once again say Philly. Or he could come out to California where he could possibly play for not the Lakers but the Clippers. Um, the one thing, the one thing that is intriguing for me when it comes to Kevin Love and why he would, to me, would fit, fit best in Portland is because with Portland they need a third scoring option. Now, granted, he brings that. He brings some rebounding. He brings you know a good three point shot to come along along the ways for that team. And the fact that that would take a lot of pressure off of Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, but that's if, you know, Damian Lillard or both C.J. McCollum are still there because to get Kevin Love, you might either have to get rid of one or the other or you got to put a lot of pieces together just to get Kevin Love to come in because, remember, he's still on a two-year – he's still on a two-year – you know, he still has two years left on a deal. So, in this situation, um, Kevin Love would be an intriguing fit for Portland, but then again, he could also be an intriguing fit for Philly because one thing Philly is going to need, they're going to need some offense. You know, the one thing that's lacking for, for that team is one thing is that Ben Simmons, he still hasn't developed, developed a consistent jump shot yet, but he will definitely be have to get one soon. And to have that with the way he passed the ball and to have Kevin Love's shooting ability on that team will be beneficial. And then at the same time, you also have a backup. You have somebody who can who can kind of clean up and hide some of Kevin Love's defensive mishaps. Not to say not to say he's not a terrible defender, but he's not a great defender. He's okay. And you have someone in the back in the backside with Joel Embiid who can defend, who can block shots, who can take a lot of pressure off Kevin Love on defensive end, so that way he can be more complete for your team. So to me, those would be some two landing spots for Kevin Love, but. We all know what the summer's really been talking about, and they've been talking about it for, you know, ever since we found out he was disgruntled in San Antonio. And the fact that he wants out is Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, right now, 
I don't even know what to tell you guys because we haven't heard anything from him yet. Now, the only thing that's, the thing that's hurting him is the fact that he's not much of a talker. Um, Kawhi Leonard, as you already know, he wants out of San Antonio with all the situation, with everything that happened with the situation with his hamstring injury from the time when he was supposed to come back to the end of the season where he was not talking to you know Spurs representation. He wasn't looking to speak to, you know, um, Greg Popovich. He was trying to hide. You know, him and Popovich had a little conversation, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago. But who's to say what all transpired from that conversation? And everything is just starting to go away. And if you ask me, and this is coming from who's been, you know, who's been rooting for the Spurs for a long time, the mystique of the Spurs is starting to go away. Um, you, you think about it this way. Tony Parker just left to go to Charlotte. You have Kawhi Leonard looking to get out of San Antonio. Manu's on his last legs. Popovich, there's a report that he might not coach after the Olympics are over. So who's to say what's going to happen with this team once it all once it's all said and done? And the big domino is the fact that the Kawhi is the Kawhi Leonard factor. Uh, what are they going to do? Are they getting? Are they looking at offers from LA? From what reports are saying, they're starting to get some offers, but their asking price is way too high. Now, granted, it's it's only going to be worth it. It's for a, in my opinion, a top three player in the league. Um, you know, it's 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 going to be it's going to be key that they put together and try to get the right package for him if they indeed trade him this year. Um, there are reports are saying that you know if he they don't find a deal with him, he's gonna try to sit out. But the thing about it is the collective bargaining agreement doesn't allow him to sit out. Um, so it it'll be hard for him to kind of get that across. But again, we don't know what's being said because everything has pretty much been reports. It's been just report after report after report when it comes to Kawhi Leonard. Um, it's 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 starting to get a little bit frustrating. It's starting to get a little bit confusing because of the fact that. We have not heard from him yet. Um, once we find out what he actually wants to do and hear from his voice, it'll, it'll start to be a little bit more clear. But it's going to be hard to, to speculate anything because I can't keep, none of us really can keep going off of just reports of what someone is saying from what they heard from somebody else. In most situations, you have to wait and see. The only, the only one that we know for sure the last time we were in the situation, which was last summer with Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving came out and pretty much said, I don't want to be in Cleveland. So he was like, get me out. And that's that's the one time we actually heard one where he was like, okay, we know he wants out. But the thing about Kawhi Leonard, we have not heard from him. You know, even when the report said he wants out, we don't know if he was the one who actually said it or not. So... Who knows what's going on with that with that situation? Because once you think about it, it's it's kind of it's kind of weird that we're in this situation, especially when it comes to you know the San Antonio Spurs franchise. It's one of the one of the top franchises in the country, especially in the NBA. Um, and then you have and now you have like a star player. This is the second year in a row where they've had a star player who said he wants out. Now, granted, Greg Popovich was able to work it out and they were to get you know, keep LaMarcus Aldridge in San Antonio. But this is different. This is, this is like I said once before, this is a top three player in the league. This is one of the better defenders in the league whose offense is is superb. So who knows what's going to happen in the next, you know, 
couple months or so, hell, if this even stretches over into the regular season, what are they going to do with, with Kawhi Leonard? What are they going to do with, you know, are they going to keep him? Are they going to trade him? All this suspense is starting to drive a lot of fans insane. Um, but who's to say? Who's to say what's going to happen with that team? But we'll we'll digress into that, you know, another time. Because anytime we sit here and talk about the Kawhi Leonard saga, it's starting to get a little frustrating, you know. Because this, this takes away from all of the other moves that was made. And to me, which is one of the more underrated moves so far, was the Denver Nuggets signing Nikola Jokic to a max deal. Um, Nikola Jokic to me is a problem in the league. He led he led all centers in triple doubles. Now granted he he only averaged, you know, 14 points, 9 rebounds and 4 assists, but he's a walking triple double. Um he he's he's that good of a player and the fact that Denver was able to bring him back, they were to get him off of his old deal, bring him back for a max deal which ensures their future, you know, for the franchise. He's he's going to send shockwaves, and with everything that's been going on with teams and players moving, you know, to the West, you're going to need a cornerstone for your franchise, especially in the Western Conference with the way teams and all of this stuff has been moving because now we're getting talks of they're talking about changing the playoff seating to instead of having eight teams from the West and eight teams from the East, you'll still have that. But it'll be a one through it'll be a one through sixteen rating. So instead of just having say a run of the mill team in the East, because that's pretty much what it is. Because when you think about it, the Eastern Conference is JV and the Western Conference is varsity. All of the top heavy hitters are in the Western Conference, from Golden State to Houston to San Antonio. Once they get their act together, you know Portland, Minnesota, Oklahoma City. The Lakers now, once again, the Lakers now. And when you think about it over in the East, it's just Philly and Boston. And for a while, it was just Cleveland, whatever team LeBron was on. So it was either Cleveland or Miami. So, you know, a lot of a lot of the brass in the NBA are starting to look at the the changing of the playoff season to make it 1 through 16 instead of 1 through 8. And all this traction that's being going on. But the thing about it is you have to get – you have to get owner. You have to get approval from ownership. And who's to say the Eastern Conference teams are going to want this to happen? Um, it's it's too much going on right now. But it's it's starting to become more more and more of a reality every day that we talk about it. Because again, with all the way the teams are stacked in the Western Conference, it is difficult to, to say the Eastern Conference can compete. You know, last you know, I remember a couple of years ago there were there were only three teams in the Eastern Conference that had that were above five hundred. I still remember there was a year in the Western Conference there were seven teams with fifty wins. That's how close it was to say who's gonna be a top seed in the West. That is insane, that is unheard of, but that's just how stacked the Western Conference is and all and the way the free agent moves are being, you know, being made right now. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot that, to get this done, and it, and in my opinion, I think they should get it done, because no one wants to keep seeing, you know, a fourteen, a four game sweep in the finals, from a Western Conference team sweeping a team from the Eastern Conference, or whether it be a 
a four game, five game series. You know, it was it was it was a a melancholy, a flip of, a flip of the switch into the twilight zone when we saw the finals go to a seven game series when the when the Cleveland Cavaliers was able to win that championship a couple years ago. But outside of that, it's usually been four games, five games, six games. You know, at least with the sixth game, at least it looks comp- competitive. But even then, that was when LeBron was in Miami. And the sixteenth, the sixth game series was won by San Antonio. So who's to say, you know, that that's going to happen again? And I don't think it will because unless unless Philly or Boston make a splash this this offseason period this summer, I I don't see no team in the Eastern Conference competing with the likes of, you know, say a Golden State, especially the likes of a Golden State or the likes of Houston because of the fact that the way those teams are structured, the way those teams are ran and developed to get them ready for the for the playoff run, you know, teams in the Eastern Conference don't stand it that they don't I'm not going to say don't stand a chance, but it's not going to be a competitive series, you know, Boston is probably going to be the lone team in East who can possibly compete with the team in the West because of what they did and what they have coming back. Um, they still have time to go get some teams still have time to get some stuff done in the offseason right now. Like I said, uh, who's to say that Melo will stay in the Western Conference? He might go to the East and make, say, a team like Philly much more of a threat to come out of the East instead of it just being like, oh, we're just looking at Boston. Because right now, that's who everyone thinking is going to happen. Everyone think it's going to be a Boston uh, and whatever team in the Western Conference representing each other in the in the NBA Finals next season because of the fact that, you know, with Boston, they still got uh, Kyrie coming back, Gordon Hayward's coming back, and with the play of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, um, that team has too much firepower for them not to be kings in the Eastern Conference at this point. Um, it's it should be it'd be a shame to see them not do that, and it it'll be crazy once the outlook comes. But even with all that, there's still so many different free agents who are still out there on the market right now. And a couple of those free agents who I have who my eyes have been on so far, one of them is Isaiah Thomas. Um, he was released. He was not released, but he became a free agent after playing this past season with after being traded from Cleveland to the Los Angeles Lakers. And, you know, the Lakers liked what they brought to the team, but it was going to be hard for them to to bring him back because of the fact that them signing LeBron and then going to get three guys on one-year deals, which is why they had to let go of, of uh, you know, so many different guys because Brooke Lopez is, is a free agent right now. Um, they renounced to Rice to, to Julius Randle, who's now with New Orleans. So it's going to be hard for them to bring back Isaiah Thomas. So right now he should be one of the guys that teams should be calling to get him back, to get him back onto their team because he can still be very, very important to to any rotation in the NBA right now. And the fact that he's still a free agent, and I'm not sure if he's even received any offers yet, but it's it's amazing that he has not, you know, we haven't heard anything about his free agency moves this summer. And then the other you know, two free agents. Well, I'm keeping my eye on so far. One is and the other one is Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford was able to get out of that deal in Minnesota. Um, Jamal Crawford is is a gamer. Okay, he is still one of those guys who can average ten points coming off your bench. You know, he's the he's 
literally, in my opinion, he's the ultimate sixth man in the NBA. And the fact that he can still, you know, go to a team and still be very, very beneficial to those teams that are still looking to bring in free agent guards right now, that's that's big. And he also brings veteran leadership. He brings a spark off the bench. So why not go get a guy like Jamal Crawford? And then the other free agents who I'm looking out for, well, the other two really, the two post players, um, Jabari Parker and Greg Monroe. Um, Jabari Parker, for starters, He's he's the younger of the two, and he can be much, much more uh, beneficial on the offensive end than, say, Greg Monroe can because he can step out to the three. He can take guys off the dribble. His defense is still improving, but let's not forget, he's still trying to get himself back from his injury from last season. Ooh, excuse me, not last season, but the year before last season. So he should still be – he's still on the market, and I look to and – I, and I think I'm just going like to start to look, see at some teams – picking him up this summer uh, it's just a matter of what teams are going to make phone calls to bring him in and that's that's just going to be key because Jabari Parker I've either I see him staying in Milwaukee because he's only a restricted free agent or he's going to sign to a team who could be who could be looking for a player of his services because of what he brings to the table it'd be it'd be wise for for a team to bring him back because not just not just Milwaukee but, you know, what happens if, say, he goes back to Chicago um, with the Bulls or if he's looking to sign with Sacramento? So who, who's to say what's going to happen within the next couple months? Because this free agent period, even though it's just it's only a week into it, we still have a lot more things that's going to come down the pike uh, this summer, especially with a lot of these moves that are still being made. Uh, a lot of teams are looking to still make trades. A lot of teams are still looking to pick up some key veteran leadership, some young guys who who are free agents right now, and that's just that's just the thing about the free agent period this summer. Not even this summer, but from now on, it's it's going to be a show, and it's it's starting to turn. It's the reason why we've turned basketball, especially professional basketball, into a year-round thing now. And the fact that it's only it's only July and it's the beginning of the free agency period and we're still talking about moves that are still being made or you know the big moves of LeBron and and DeMarcus Cousins you know that just says that this summer is gonna <laughs> we still got a lot more to do and we're gonna keep everyone intact to keep keep you up to date with what's going on but in the meantime between time you know we just want to keep you updated with the 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 main free agent moves that's been happening and you know what moves have still what moves still need to be made and all the news and storylines has been going on that for the first week of free agency for the free agency period so um just look out we'll be back with you guys next week um tim will be back with me we'll be getting to a lot more things next week but in the meantime between time i'm gonna get on out of here guys later